Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we get to some fan questions, we have some really good ones that came in on this episode at Sal Sports, at Matt underscore Bove on Twitter. Um, you can find us there. You can tweet us questions, things like that. We usually tell you when we're recording, and we try to pick some questions that are relative to the uh, time period that we're doing it or just some randomly cool ones. Before I do that, where do I send the check for you helping me to get out of the bunker on golf courses. Oh, that's I'm so glad you brought that up. I forgot about that until this very moment. You know what? You don't have to send me a check. I was going to say you can just buy me dinner, but there we go. you don't need you really don't need to do that either because, <laughs> you know, the bills are feeding us out at training camp. So, I you know what? You don't owe me anything, Sal. I'm glad I could help. For those of you listening, I gave Sal like a 3-minute bunker lesson when we were out golfing in Rochester and there was a drastic difference in literally those three minutes of his shots out of the sand. So I'm glad I could help out. Yeah. And honestly, and I went again and I played again and I had two out of the bunker that really nice shots. And I said to the people I was playing with, those are Matt Bove specials. I said that yeah. I, those are Matt. Bo- I said, he, he helped me now. Look, I, I've always kind of known the process of getting out of the bunker. The issue was always, I didn't realize I was not opening my club face enough. I didn't know you had to be kind of flat. Like I knew the process where to hit it, hit the sand, how to put your feet. It was, it was really kind of the technique of holding the club. Yeah. The simplest way that I can ever explain it to anybody. And I'm sorry if you're not a golfer, but imagine the ball is in the sand, draw an imaginary lines, like an inch, an inch and a half behind the ball, open up the club face about as much as you can hit where that line is behind the ball, and then just keep your head down and don't decelerate. Like you are hitting behind the sand and the bounce of your club is going to get the ball out of the sand. And honestly, if you get comfortable out of the sand, I would rather be in a greenside bunker than I would be in like a buried lie in the rough every single time, every single time. So I know sand scares away a lot of people. Once you get relatively comfortable in it, it's really actually not that bad because you're just swinging as hard as you can and hitting behind the ball. It's awesome. Let the sand do the work, basically. Get that ball out of there by you know pushing that sand up. So yeah, thank you very much, Matt. You uh, helped me out a lot. All right, this comes to us from Sam. I really like this question because we don't talk about this player a lot. It's a good question. Thank you, Sam. He says, do you see a roster path for Reggie Gilliam? With all this talk of high-powered passing offense, I'm worried a fullback might may get overlooked. I mean, my, my reaction is no, that's not going to happen. He is on this. When you say, when he says you see a roster path, yes, the path is he's on the team. <laughs> I mean, there's no way to me, Matt, Reggie Gilliam's not on this team, right? There is a role for him. He's a really good special teams player and he can be a hybrid tight end and fullback. 
Yeah, that's the thing, because you can do so many things. And Brandon Bean always says, like, if you're not a starter, you better do a lot of things well on the set, you know, as kind of you go down your like list of responsibilities. If starting is your responsibility, number one, you better do all those other things well. And he does because he's got the versatility. You can line him up at tight ends. You can line him up at fullback. He can play special teams. He can do a little bit of everything. So I am fully expecting Reggie Gilliam to be on the team because he checks so many of those boxes. All right, looking over these uh, questions, some of these we actually, we must be okay at this because we're answering, we've already answered a lot of questions. People asking about Terrell Bernard, uh, the receivers, we've already talked about a lot of those. All right, um, Kroll asks, have you seen any difference in run scheme with new offensive line coach Cromer? Um, I don't know if I'd say run scheme. I, I don't think so. I think Aaron Cromer, I think you're going to probably see the same kind of looking offense because it's not Aaron Cromer, it's really... Ken Dorsey, who's running the offense. It's Aaron Cromer, who's got to fit in his techniques and teaching to what Dorsey wants. And we already know, without even describing anything we've seen, that Dorsey is keeping a lot of what Brian Dable did. Yeah, I think that it's a good question, and I actually think we will as we get further into the preseason and then eventually into the season. But up to this point, it's really just tough to tell, especially because, like we always say, every running back looks like Barry Sanders when we're in training camp, when we're in the preseason. So I think that we will notice a difference, but I don't think that has happened yet. I think it's going to take a couple more weeks for us to actually have that. There was a play on Thursday. Isaiah McKenzie scored a touchdown out of the... uh, uh, He was... He was running. I can't describe the play. Sorry. Can't do that. So he scored a touchdown and I, I don't want to get in <laughs> no, trouble. Good catch. Good right, catch. He, good I catch. can't do that with media rules here. He scored a touchdown and it was in the red zone. And Scott asked, was it one of the prettiest of camp? Uh, and he goes into the play a little bit. And I would say it was, it was really pretty. There was a lot of that going on. So I was going to use that question, but I better stop myself short and not do that. So Scott, we'll get to him. Another Scott. If Trey can't go week one, guys, is Elam on the uh, other team's number one wide receiver or is that Dane's job. I haven't heard much of Dane in camp. All right. This is a good question. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. So my initial reaction is I don't know if they would even put anybody on a number one receiver. What do you got? Cooper cup, Allen Robinson. Like I think the bills just probably just play your left and your right in that situation. I agree. I don't think that they would specifically assign one of those guys to one of those players. I think it would just kind of, they would divide the field and however it happened to work out, it would work out because I don't think either of those guys is like heads and shoulders better than the other one, at least at this point in their careers, the expectations for for Kyir Elam should be much higher than they would be for Dan Jackson, just given the resources that they spent to get him with the first round pick. Um, But I don't know. I like, I'm still not convinced, even though he hasn't been on the practice field, that Tredavious isn't going to be ready for week one, all the work that we see him doing on the side and just how good he looks with that. I think they are being as cautious as they can. They're not rushing him, but I feel no less confident than he'll be back now than I did two weeks ago when camp began. All right, final one here from the fans. Andy, I know the Bills ha- say they have full confidence in their backup safeties. So in saying that, in your opinion, um, on the backups, if Poyer or Hyde couldn't go week one, are they ready to just plug and play? So we're talking about Johnson, Hamlin, Josh Thomas. For you, Matt, are they plug and play guys? Like, can they just walk right in and do the job? Obviously not as well as Poyer or Hyde, all pros, but can they just be on the field and say, okay, we know what we're doing? Yeah, I think... Jaquan Johnson definitely can just because he's been around so long that he understands the verbiage that they're going to use. He understands all of the schemes of the defense and he understands what has made Poyer and Hyde so successful because he's been in that room for so long with them. I like Damar Hamlin. I like Josh Thomas. I think those guys have, you know, really nice roles on this team. 
There will be a dramatic drop-off, though, because we're talking about two of the best players at their position in the entire league. But, you know, it seems like they're both going to be ready to go for the regular season, so definitely crisis averted. As you look around the league and you see all these players getting hurt, for the Bills, it feels like they may have dodged a bullet. All right, before we let everybody go here, I have a question for you, Matt. And if you have one for me, you can go ahead or say what you want to say. You got something you want to say? No, I want to I want to bring up one more. And this okay. is from this is from Scott okay. to he says, BBB usually has at least one trade up his sleeve at <laughs> roster cutdown. Ooh. Who is the guy on either side of the ball that's most likely to be tr- traded before the season? It's a very interesting question. Is there any player on the current team that you think they could tr- trade? or would be interested in trading? I do. I think that if things did not work out for AJ Epinesa, he could be that guy. Yep. From what you said, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. He could be your Daryl Williams this year, right? Remember they traded no, Daryl John- Johnson, excuse me. Yeah. Be too many Daryls. Too yeah. many Daryls. He could be your Daryl Johnson from last year when they found a trading partner. On the offensive side, I'm going to say Cody Ford would be that guy for me. Last year of a rookie contract, maybe it doesn't work out. You, you, you figure, you know what? We can get something for him. He's a former second-round pick. So I think those are the kinds of guys. I'm not predicting it. You asked the question, Scott. So I'm just yeah. answering the best I can for trying to pick out guys who would be like that. Yeah, the Cody Ford was going to be where I went to because even though he hasn't had success up to this point in his NFL career, I think you could find a team out there that maybe was you know pretty high on him when it was his time to be drafted, and they were like, okay, well we have a you know we have an injury or we have a void here. Let's throw the Bills a seventh round pick and see if they're willing to part ways with the guy. And in that situation, I almost would. I have one question for you though because I heard an interesting yeah. name brought up today, and it made me think. If you and I understand the risks that come with this player, mm-hmm. everybody was talking about Odell Beckham because of the whole Andre Reed thing and the Instagram post and him saying that he wants to go. I, I just don't see that as being super realistic. If you were the Bills, though, would you have any interest in bringing in Will Fuller? Because I would. I think I would, especially if I think I'm not going to have the option of Marquez Stevenson for a while. Yeah. And I, the reason I say that is. They don't have that kind of speed on this team. I think Isaiah can run, but mm-hmm. I think they do need a little bit more of that top end speed, Matt. I mean, he's still out there. I don't yeah. think it would cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I know the injury risk that comes with it. It feels like he never is able to play even multiple games in a row, let alone a full season. But I feel like as such a secondary option, he's still a good player. Like when he's on the field, Will Fuller is a player that defenses can't completely forget about. So I'm not saying bring him in to be your number two wide receiver or even your number three wide receiver, but if there's an option in there, like he is a name that's very interesting to me, and it that feels more realistic than you know going to sign Odell Beckham does. But but if Odell Beckham doesn't have a team and you're halfway through the season and you really think you can win the Super Bowl, I, I'm making that phone call too. Yeah, and and again, I think yeah, you're right. He can play. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Right, that's a big deal with this team. Guy staying healthy. It's a really big deal. So, you know what? You wonder how that might play into something like that. But yeah, I think it's a really good question and maybe a good option. All right, Matt. Um, so you missed the turkey burger for lunch today, but I don't want to ask you about the turkey burger. They also had tater tots for the meeting. Okay. okay. So, so when you walk, when you look at the menu and they say you can have tots, rings, or fries, which one you you going for? That's a great question, Sal. That is a great, great question. That's mm-hmm. the best question that I've heard in a while. Okay. I'm always fries first. Almost Dude, me too. Yes. Almost I'm a always. fries guy. 
yes. I like I would take regular fries, curly fries, steak fries, all of those ones before I would get to onion rings or tater tots. I feel like there's like a time and a place for both tater tots and onion rings, but if given the option, 90% of the time I'm going to go french fries. Me too. Now, if there's no fries and it's just tots or rings, what's second? What or just what's your second place there? For me it would be tots. I think I go rings. I had rings the other day. Like I'm, I think I'm more into rings, but I do like tots. Like all that, you can't go wrong with any of the three, right? But I think no, I would go onion rings no, no. over tater tots. Yeah, I think I'm not a huge onion guy. Like it's hard to not like onions. That's a big when part of it, right? I'm not a huge onion guy, so like it's hard to not like onions when they're deep fried and mm-hmm. delicious, like they are in onion ring form. But I think like extra crisp. I don't like to, the thing about tater tots is. Like a bad tater tot can kind of be bad. Mm-hmm. A really good tater tot, like the really crunchy ones, like I want, I don't want the mushy consistency. I want really crisp, crunchy tater tots. And I don't think people do them well, or maybe they're not done as well as I would like at most places. And that's why I don't get them. All right. Well, Matt, uh, remind everybody where they can get all your coverage because I know some listeners may be just coming aboard. In fact, one of our questions was, what is the podcast called? So apparently uh, people are just getting this and it's called, it's always game day in Buffalo and you can get it wherever you pod. So where can you find Matt Bove? You can find Matt Bove on channel seven, basically every day of the week and online at WKBW.com on social media, Matt underscore Bove. You know, we appreciate anybody who's watching anybody who's tuning in. And of course, anybody who's listening to the podcast, because even Sal and I, we've been in Rochester for a couple weeks now and we've had just people come up to us and be like, Hey, love listening to the pod. Keep up the great work. And that's always fun to hear. Like it, it's always exciting. We, you know, we enjoy doing this, but it is also nice to see that it's well received. So thank you to those of you who have been listening. And if it's your first time listening, welcome aboard. And we hope you can join us for more episodes in the future. Okay. Yep. And, uh, we definitely appreciate you listening here to it's always game day in Buffalo. By the way, I did meet Dom Tibbetts out at camp today. Very nice young man. And you can watch him on channel seven as well. You can catch me on WGR sports radio, five fifty, And of course the extra point show and uh you can hear me out here at camp with uh, howard and jeremy and what we got going on so we appreciate you listening to it's always game day in buffalo till the next time for matt bove i'm sal capaccio